the FT. The 25th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall occurs this weekend on November the 9th, and there'll be big celebrations in Berlin itself and across Germany to mark the moment when the Cold War really ended. The great symbol of the Iron Curtain fell. It's a moment of truth both for Europe and for Germany. I'm Quentin Peel. I was chief correspondent in Germany until last year, and I'm here with my successor Stefan Wagstill, who's now the Financial Times chief correspondent there. Stefan, what do you think the fall of the wall means to Germany today? I think first and foremost, the fall of the wall is an occasion for satisfaction for Germans. Germans who had such a difficult history and painful history of the 20th century really have something to celebrate. That's not to say that everything is perfect and that everything was done well in the last 25 years, because certainly it was not. But on balance, this has come out right. The country has been reunified politically. The predictions of radical extremism and nationalism that various critics made 25 years ago have just not come to pass. The country is politically very stable. Some people might say too stable, given some of the reforms that Germany has been advised to pursue. But the fact is, politically, reunification works. Where there are questions are largely on the economic side. Here, the gap between East and West has been closed. Eastern incomes are about 70% of those in the West. But the progress towards closing the gap has stagnated and it raises real questions. There is still more unemployment in the East than in the West. I've visited towns and cities in eastern Germany recently and talked to people about the 25th anniversary, and you see that people are visibly less well-off than they are in the West. The shops don't have the same high-quality ranges. The people don't wear quite the same clothes. But that said... It's very hard to find anybody who will say they'd want to go back to the DDR and pre-1989. I think what I find most striking about Eastern Germany is the fact that it is a bit like an old folks' home that a lot of the younger generation seem to have left. So that's the rather depressing side of it. In a way, the nice side of it is it's less materialist, it's less bulging with goods than the West... But, of course, the most striking thing about Germany of all today, in terms at least of symbolism, and perhaps it's more than symbolism, is that not only the German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, is a child of Eastern Germany. She wasn't actually born there, but she spent her whole early life in Eastern Germany. And the president, the state president, Joachim Gauck, is also from East Germany. So, in a way, the two most prominent leaders in Germany today are both from the East, How did that come to pass? As you know, Quentin, German politics is complex, multi-layered and full of um, unexpected twists and turns. And certainly Angela Merkel's rise to power was one of them. But rather than question how she came to power, what I find really striking is that she's managed to remain in power and unquestionably so for so long that the stability of this united country is built around her at the moment. It's reflected in her. She has extraordinary pulling power in terms of votes and political support. The opposition is nowhere. She is rock solid even when she has almost nothing to say. Germans are reassured to have this sensible housewife, 
from East Germany, as you say, as their chancellor. She's almost utterly predictable, isn't she? And she says exactly what people expect her to say. She repeats herself constantly. So you always know what's going to come. There are no surprises from her. She doesn't adopt fancy clothes and she's not style fashion conscious or anything like that. She's just what the Germans want. And yet she is an Easterner. And it's very interesting. I think there's an element of, if you like her Eastern background there too, she rather likes the politics of the round table. She seems to be very comfortable in a grand coalition with the Social Democrats, a bit centre-right, a bit centre-left. But let me ask you something else, because it's something that's very interesting about post-unification Germany, Germany after the fall of the wall. It is now, quite clearly, the dominant political power in Europe. And that, I would have thought, would be very uncomfortable for some of Germany's neighbours. Very difficult for France, which always saw it on level terms with Germany. What about a country you know very well, Poland? Is Poland unhappy with the power of Germany today? Some Poles certainly have concerns that their old enemy is the dominant power in Europe. But that is a minority voice. If you look at the world around Poland, and especially if you look east, and the resurgent power and aggression of Russia, the Poles are very glad that they have a strong Germany next door rather than a weak or feeble Germany. That there are awkwardnesses in this relationship should be no surprise given the history. I think also, and perhaps even more significantly, not all Germans are entirely comfortable with the dominant role their country plays in the European Union. You see this constant hesitation by German officials, German politicians and Angela Merkel personally in terms of taking the lead on European issues. And when they do, they want to have the maximum cover. And what you said about Angela Merkel wanting to be in the middle, in a coalition within Germany is also very true within the European Union. One saw this in the management of the Eurozone crisis, where yes, it was Germany that took the initiative. But again, Germany wanted the maximum support from allies, the Dutch, for example, and other countries when putting together those critical packages. And you've seen the same with Russia and Ukraine. You've seen Germany looking for cover, trying to pull everybody along and resisting pressure from the United States for stronger and more radical countermeasures against Russia, stronger sanctions precisely because of Berlin's need to keep everybody on board. And I think it's a real achievement of uh, German diplomatic policy in the last six to 12 months to have done that, to keep the 28 European Union countries together on sanctions. It is very interesting, isn't it, how important it is for Germany to have unity within the European Union. And everybody I've talked to about the relationship with Russia underlines how pleased they were taking the lead in the European Union, but to ensure that there was a unanimous decision on imposing sanctions on Russia. And that seems to be the high point of what Germany wants. It is still, I think, very much the reluctant hegemon, as 
the economist called germany i think my german friends would deny that they are a hegemon but they are reluctant without any doubt they don't want to take the lead and of course there was that fascinating moment when radek sikorski then the polish foreign minister came to berlin and actually said it's not excessive german power i'm worried about it's excessive german hesitancy and i think in a way that's the dichotomy that germany faces today 25 years after the fall of the wall that it is now so central to all decision making in europe but it doesn't really want to be germany would like other people to take the lead and do the heavy lifting will it take another generation to have germany comfortable in its role i think more than a question of time it's a question of events particularly crises we've seen germany play a much bigger leadership role in this ukraine crisis than it has in previous occasions for example in the balkans where the united states britain and france all played as big or bigger roles than germany and i think that one will have to see how events evolve in eastern europe most obviously but perhaps elsewhere and situations where germany is put in a position where it has no choice but to take an assertive position even perhaps at the cost of losing some allies hard to predict when that might happen i'm sure that germany will confront that choice reluctantly but i think the experience of what's happened over ukraine and now the satisfaction of these 25 years would enable them to do that with more confidence than perhaps a few years ago just to come back to the wall i wonder whether that wall doesn't still exist in people's minds that the experience the very different experience of a communist way of life or a capitalist way of life is still very much there between east germans and west germans i think there is a sense of unfinished business about the whole process and it comes both ways there's a worry from the east germans that really none of their achievements are really recognized in the west and there's a certain resentment from west germans that they've paid an awful lot to help these germans catch up and there doesn't seem to be any gratitude do you think that's still a problem or am i already too long out of germany and it's moved i think it is moving i talked to a german historian that i know precisely about this point he's an east german who is a publisher and publishes books on the ddr and he said that 10 years ago the overwhelming thrust of phd's done on the subject of the former east germany looked at authoritarian rule and especially the role of the stasi he said today it's fragmented people look at health policy kindergarten policy road building you name it that's what they look at at the same time on the more popular level you've seen a real maybe not an explosion but a big increase in interest in the lives of east germans most obviously with the film the lives of others which was a great success if you look at literature you'll see that 3 out of the last 10 winners of the german booker prize the german equivalent of the booker prize i should say were east german authors writing about their own east german lives and these books sell not only in the east they sell in the west this is bringing people together a bit Well Stefan I envy you you're still living in Berlin the coolest city in Europe so safe journey home and enjoy the next years of after the fall of the wall thank you for more downloads go to ft.com/podcasts